Welcome to the Biz for Good Show, where we highlight misfits, outcasts, and renegades for the being good and doing good movement. We spotlight people that are changing the world by having integrity and honesty and creating an environment of connection, thus showing the true secret to success and creating a life of greater impact. So come on board and create your own Biz for Good life. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Biz for Good Show. I'm your host, Bobby Glenn James, along with the Ryan Pilkington, except Ryan is not here today. We have a guest host today, ladies and gentlemen, Chrisella Herzog in the house. And we have a cool announcement. She has accepted a uh, the opportunity to... Be crazy with us every week. Woohoo! <laughs> it's gonna be fun. She she is a, a a actual journalist that like knows how journalism actually works. So <laughs> so maybe we'll be, be be a little more legit or 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 whatever. She's very humble too. So uh, <laughs> but anyway, we're gonna tell us about the show, Kirsella, Before I get off on on a crazy <laughs> tandem, not a tandem. It's tantrum. Tangent. No, not a tantrum. Tant Tangent. Tangent. That's it. Thank you, Morgan. That's why Morgan's here. Awesome. Tell us about the show, Chrisella. Well, thanks for being with us for another episode of Biz for Good, episode 124, The Proximity Principle with Ken Ken Coleman. Ken Coleman. Oh, is it Penn? No. No, it's Ken. <laughs> or is it Penn? Oh, my God. Because he called you Priscilla. So Priscilla. <laughs> uh, that happens a lot. So. <laughs> I have to tell people my name is Chrisella, like Cinderella, but with Chris. And then they get it, but otherwise it's like, oh, Priscilla, that's the name. It's not this weird name. You know? Elvis Presley's <laughs> wife, or was there wife. You know. <laughs> so, Ken Coleman is a career expert and national radio host of The Ken Coleman Show. Pulling from his own personal struggles, missed opportunities, and career successes, Coleman helps people discover what they were born to do and provides practical steps to make their dream job a reality. This is going to be a fun. Oh, this is going to be a fun interview. Uh, and here in a minute, we're going to get to Coleman uh, Ken Coleman's interview, and he he is an amazing guest. Of course, we always have amazing guests. But today, we're going to talk about our new say. It's our it's our new segment because Chrisella has taken on the. Uh, I don't know what I'm. I don't, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> you kind of lost where that yeah, was going. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've taken it on. Period. That's what. <laughs> Well, you know, when, when you talked to me about this, one thing you said is that, you know, you had a segment on your show where you talked about something where a business hadn't, where, you know, they were trying to do biz for good, but they didn't succeed at it. And it, that really resonated with your audience. And there are plenty of stories out there like this happening because, you know, we we might all be trying to do biz for good, but um, there are good ways to go about it. And then there are some people who are like... You know, maybe just kind of dressing up in it and not really actually being intentional not about living it. it. And yeah. we're going to talk about that. We are going to talk about it because, like I said, there are plenty of like stories. Like an investigative reporter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Chris, I have a feeling she's going to dig in and find the Exposes. Exposes. The TMZ of being good and doing good. In a five-minute segment. In a five-minute segment. 
Well, unless it gets really good and it becomes a 20-minute segment because it's so awesome. <laughs> there we go. It's been off to its own show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Well, so the story I have this week, um, well, since June is Pride Month, um, there's been a lot of talk this Pride Month about corporations sponsoring Pride and kind of, you know, I guess the word that somebody used was like uh, painting themselves at the rainbow flag and then not really actually being intentional about investing in diversity. And so I wanted to talk about one of those stories this week. Oh, we're, we're digging it. We're, we're, we're jumping, <laughs> jumping in right both in. Feet. Yeah. <laughs> first, first time. Chrisella's already got us in the mix, in I the do. thick of it. Yes. So <laughs> let us have it. Yeah. So Pride events, like they are really important to our communities and they do need sponsor support to actually function, you know, because they become big events and big events take money. So and and Pride also becomes like a huge economic driver for communities. So it makes sense for businesses to be involved. But there are good ways and bad ways to be involved. And one, I have a feeling you're going to tell us a bad way. I am. Right? I am. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. So this story comes from out of um, New York City's Pride Parade, uh, where they have a lot of big sponsors, big sponsors like uh, Macy's and Procter and Gamble, it's New for York example. City. Right, exactly. They've got all the big companies there, so it works. So um, this year there was a, a black queer Muslim author and activist who uh, volunteered and got some photos taken with the New York City Pride Parade as part of a community program that she she thought that they were doing. But then all of a sudden, her photos started appearing on these banners throughout the city with sponsor logos on top of them. And she hadn't authorized this. She hadn't been paid for this. Mm. And so she started talking on Twitter about like, hey, this this isn't okay. Um, What had happened is a couple of companies, Macy's and Procter & Gamble, specifically so some small companies. Not just little companies, little you know, things you just maybe haven't heard of them before. <laughs> Macy's, right? and Procter and Gamble. I think yeah. they have something to do with shampoo or something. Something like know. that. So they had what had happened is these companies had started using her image as part of their ad campaigns to promote their without sponsorship. Permission. Without permission, without paying her, all this, yeah, all of this stuff. Mm. And so they were using her image to promote their sponsorship, their product out to the larger community without compensating her and um you know uh, and then also one of the things that happened is procter and gamble uh when they created this ad she had um blair had this shirt on that said they power it was a reference to um she's a non-binary woman and so she it's a reference to um moving away from gender stereo or gender binaries and they erased that text on her shirt so, um, yeah, and so this isn't to rag on PNG because PNG has done a lot of work to invest in diversity in their company. Um, the Human Rights Campaign actually has a corporate equality index that they come out with each year, and last year PNG got a perfect score. So I wanted to kind of highlight this story to show that even when you're doing biz for good and you're really investing in it, you can still mess up. Yeah, yeah. So you really have to be intentional. Intentional. You really have to think about it. And um, I mean, you've seen this happen with other companies too. Like Pepsi had this problem where they they thought they were doing great, and then they kind of they thought that it was something where you could just kind of set it and forget it. And then they came out with that Kendall Jenner ad that really uh, got some backlash Mm. um, because they were trying to. Um, you know, advertise based on the Black Lives Matter movement, and it just didn't work. So, do you think yeah. it's it's it, we, we're talking about really big companies? Do you think mm-hmm. when you when you get so big that 
that it's just the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing and talking about. Absolutely. and, And is there a way that a company could do biz for good, be good and do good and not have this disconnect? I mean, how can a multi-billion dollar company not have some idiot that that <laughs> yeah. thinks oh you know what we're just gonna throw this up here you know i'm in, I'm in the department of the department yeah. of the department mm-hmm. and hey i've got a great idea and the department head of that department's department said yeah 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 run it let's do it yeah uh, how what could we do as biz for gooders or maybe even the big corporate companies what can they do do you guys think mm-hmm. to 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 be more aware of being real mm-hmm. instead of being what they think they're I can think of like a couple things off the top of my head. The first thing is that that sort of culture, that mindset really has to come from the top. Yep. Yeah. So it has to be the very top people they who are saying. They have to give a crap. Yeah, they do. It, it can't just be something that they're doing to, you know, raise their profits or as a marketing stunt. They have to really care about it. And they have to really integrate that as part of the company culture so that it seeps down right if to the intern. If they're going to own that. If, right. they, if yeah. they're going to choose to be a part of something, mm-hmm. they need to own it and and make it a part of the culture mm-hmm. of that company, even if it's a billion dollar. Absolutely. Yeah. Company. Yeah. If they want to really be good and do good and, and not get backlashes like that. Right. If they really stood for that and they really were a part of that, stuff like that would not happen. I, I think it would happen less. less. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think there are, I, I, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. People are always going to make mistakes. Correct. Like we're, we're human and companies are made up of humans. So I think we do have to acknowledge that there will be mistakes. And these sorts of things will happen. But I think a really important part is that when you're working with communities or working with social um, social initiatives like Pride, you have to put yourself out there and be willing to listen. You can't just put it out there and then just be like spouting your message out or pushing your message. You have to really be there to listen. Like anything, Mm -hmm. you've got to be real. Yeah. And and really engage. I think this is a very good piece to point out to listeners, to everybody, to anybody be real and be if you're gonna jump on a bandwagon it's okay if you believe in that bandwagon and you really want to be a part of it yeah yeah if, if you just see an opportunity to get some exposure and some brand awareness mm. it's gonna it's gonna it's fall gonna, flat it's gonna fall flat or yeah. it's gonna bounce back and really yeah. eat you and hurt. oh yeah absolutely like if you're using the identity of somebody else to bring some sort of authenticity or some sort of um, some sort of value connection with a community to your brand, then you need to make sure that you are actually bringing those people's voices into your brand, into your company, and you're really hearing them. And you're not just, you know, painting yourself with it on the outside and not really paying attention to it on the inside. Absolutely. Yeah. And even if you're a billion dollar company, Mm -hmm. this is this is and even if you're a one one person show. Oh yeah. Company, a, oh yeah. A, a solopreneur. Uh, don't don't jump on the bandwagon because you think you're going to get exposure. Right. Believe in it. If you believe yeah. in it, by all means, yeah. it's going to be awesome for you. And you'll find your peeps and your tribes and your your people that are going to connect to you and want to do business with you. Yeah. I, it's sad to me that this happens so much. And we're going to talk about it a lot more. Oh, yeah. I already have a couple stories lined up for the next <laughs> few weeks. <laughs> and we're, so. we're going to get a little – we're not going to pull any punches here. Mm-hmm. We're going to – we're going to get a little 
uh, <laughs> I'm excited that because I know Chrisella and I know she doesn't pull punches and she's gonna she's gonna tell it like it is and I love that. Thank awesome. you, thank you for accepting the challenge. Of course, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, well, let's get to the interview. Ken Coleman, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, Ken, for being on the show. We want to get right into asking you some questions, and we're going to start, as we always do, with can you tell us a story or a time when Ken Coleman started to realize, you know, being good and doing good is something that I need to do? Yeah. Well, I'm going to take you back to probably 13, 14, 15 years of age when I really realized that there was a higher calling and a higher purpose than just kind of being successful and being a good person. And that's a credit to my mom and dad in the house that I was raised in. And my dad uh, did a wonderful job of impressing upon my brother and I the importance of knowing what you were created to do and doing it to the excellent level. It just there's there's no doing it halfway. We're going to do it excellent, and there's a responsibility for you to do this. This isn't about making me and mom proud. This is about uh, your purpose, and you were created to do something. You need to figure out what it is, and you need to do it to all of your potential. And it, it was a much bigger description, you know, than just hey, we want you and your brother to be successful. We realized pretty early on it wasn't about us. That there was something much bigger at play than just us being good. It was the doing good, as you said in your question. So it was in those early days that I began to feel a tremendous pressure uh, to figure this out. Awesome. I love it. I love it. We, we Go ahead, Grisella. No, I was just going to say, I love that too. I love that, like, that sense of coming from purpose and actually doing something with your purpose that is good for the world. Yeah. Awesome. So next question, we like to give a challenge or or the challenge of you. What is your challenge to yourself of being good and do good? What what is what is Ken Coleman's day look like of, you know, what am I going to do in the day to be good and do good? What is Ken Coleman's view on that? Yeah, well, I look at it with there's uh, three primary roles that I have to play every day. One is a husband, two is dad and three is as a professional. And so uh, I've got to do a I've got to do a really good job in those three areas, and part of doing a good job in those three areas, uh, and you know what, not good job. You know I'm I'm trying to be great in all three of those roles, and so I have to be present in those roles. I have to make sure that I'm pouring into my own tank, so that I have something to pour out in those roles. So I've got to be healthy. I've got to be. Uh, growing. I've got to be focused on the now if I'm going to be what Stacy needs me to be as her husband. And certainly Ty, Chase, and Josie, they need me to be dad. And I can't do that on autopilot. There's got to be some intentionality there. So that informs my schedule and that informs my attitude. And then, of course, as host of the Ken Coleman Show, you know, I just finished two hours of radio before I walked in here to talk with you folks. And simply put, I've got men and women that are calling me and burying their souls on the radio, uh, they're trusting me to guide them. That's a heavy statement, and I take that really, really seriously. So what am I reading? Uh, What am I listening to? What am I watching? What is my thought life? What am I thinking about all the time so that I am in a place of fullness 
so that I can pour myself out on the radio to these folks. If I don't have anything to give, uh, then it's going to affect me. And so in those three roles, do I have something to give to the duty that is expected of me? So I've got to give this to Stacy. I've got to give this to my kids. I've got to give this to the audience uh, and to my coworkers and people that are relying on me. You know, Mackenzie's sitting next to me. She's a world-class publicist. She's booking me on all kinds of things. She's putting her name, her reputation on the line when she books me. I got to be able to give my best for her as well. And so I think that's the mindset that I have and I think everybody should have. What are your key roles during the day? What are you required to give? Do you Are you filling yourself up so that you can pour yourself out to be able to give your best in those roles? I love it. I think... In your book, the the proximity principle, it kind of when you were just talking just now, it, it made me think. You, you you talk about always being a learner, always being open to learning, and we found that that is a huge success secret. If you're open to learn and grow, always you'll always be better, and people will always want to surround you. Is that? Yeah, you know, learning is the lifeblood of of success and of advancing. So again, you think about your roles, we're not one dimensional people, you know? So as a husband, what do I need to be learning? As a father, what do I need to be learning? As a professional, what do I need to be learning? As a friend, what do I need to be learning? Um, You know, we talk about this in the book, and you know this well, the proximity principle. What proximity does for us is it allows us to learn, do, and connect. And those three things are really, that ought to be your formula for every day. What am I learning? What am I doing? And how am I connecting? If you just simplified your professional and personal journey to learning, doing, and connecting on a daily basis, um, you're going to run circles around people. They're going to go, what are you having? Can I have some of that? Is that a vitamin you're taking? What is that? I got to give kudos to the book. I, I read a lot. Everybody knows we talk about books on the show. Uh, I, I tell people, Shoe Dog, Steve, uh, Phil Knight. If you want to read a good autobiography and really learn what it takes to, to be in in business, and if you're a person that wants to start a business, E Myth Revisited, a great book. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to put the proximity principle up there because if you want true action items of how to get the job you love, and I've read a lot of get the jobs you love books, you have hit it right on the head the work it takes, the steps you really need to do, and you give so many examples. Powerful, powerful book. I'm going to shout that from the rooftops from here on. You have a fan in Bobby Glenn James and the Biz for Good Show. I appreciate that. So I have a question for you about the connection part of your, uh, you know, the learn, do and connect. I feel like so many people, they think when they go out in business, they with connecting is just about talking at people and putting, you know, like throwing their message out there as much as they possibly can without ever listening to feedback or hearing what other people are saying. So I'd love to hear from you about uh, what do you think people are doing right when they go out and try to connect with other people? Uh, Love that question. What you're doing right when you're connecting the right way is that you are prepared ahead of time. Uh, Preparation is so important and so many people overlook the preparation part of connecting. And so that's sitting down beforehand and thinking through what is it that I am trying to achieve in this conversation, this connection that I'm going to get to have. What am I trying to achieve? What does a win look like for this connection? And let's, let's begin to identify that. Secondly, 
once you have thought through what a win looks like, you need to prepare how you would best get to that. So if you're looking to learn this, this, and this, well, then we go, okay, then I have three priorities. I get three things I need to get some insight on. And, and so I need to focus my conversation, the questions I'm going to ask around achieving those three key pieces of wisdom or knowledge or insight. And so the preparation leads to how you perform in that time. So preparation is big. I would say the other thing is, is that when you connect, and I write about this in the book, The Proximity Principle, that you've got to have this gratitude sandwich. You've got to be super grateful for someone's time. You know, listen, is there anything more valuable in someone's time? I think they'd be willing to give you $20 more than they'd be willing to give you 20 minutes. You think, <laughs> you think about the rhythm of life that we're in. And so you are, you have received from them the most valuable thing they can offer uh, outside of love. And that's their time. And so you, you need to be super grateful for that. Then inside of that grateful sandwich is humility. Hey, I got to tell you, I know how valuable time is, and I thank you for that. And 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 I know that this time is going to make me better. So I've come prepared. I want to make the most of your time. And so I've got some things I want to ask you. I'm here to pay attention, write notes, express that, show that, and get right into it. Don't take ten minutes of a thirty-minute time slot and waste their time. You know, make I, I love that. And in the in your book, you talk about and this was really interesting to me. You talk about don't go to networking meetings anymore. These quick date networking. I love it. I mean, we've all done it in business. We've all seen. And you talk about the slick guy that comes up. He's so engaging to you and you're connected to him for like 40 seconds. And he realizes eh, you're not my target market. Goodbye. You are the <laughs> weakest link. And he moves on to the next victim. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I love that. Could you tell us a little bit more about that and, and your connection? Because it's so powerful that yeah, well, you have a real connection with people. Well, you did a good job describing these networking events where everybody's there for themselves. So I always felt the irony of I'm going to go to a networking event and everybody there is kind of there for themselves. So there's not a whole lot of opportunity that exists in those places. Now, I've had some people criticize me for that, and that's fine. Uh, well, Ken, I made some great connections at a networking event. Great. But by and large, networking events are a colossal waste of time. If you stack wow. all the time <laughs> I love it. spend with these events, it's a real waste of time. And what I'm saying is, is that stop going to networking events and start connecting. The one-to-one -one connection is going to yield 10x, mm -hmm. 20x of going to all these mixers where, let's be honest, you're spending half the time in small talk, getting your next alcoholic beverage, and shoving food in your face. <laughs> I sit you down with somebody who's doing what you want to do, and they've willing to, they're willing to give you insight. You got 30 minutes with them, which you're going to yield out of that 30 minutes with somebody who's in the position you want to be in one day is way more valuable than what you're going to get at a networking event, which is usually going to be a couple of minutes of conversation, and then they go, well, here's my card, or I'll introduce you to somebody else. Again, if you want to go to networking events, you can. I just think it's a colossal waste of time because you're better served by getting a one-to-one -one opportunity. That's where the gold exists in life. That's connection. Networking is like speed dating. It's gross. It's it's just, I don't like it. I, and I'm an extrovert. I'm an extreme <laughs> extrovert. But those events always made me feel anxiety. I can't imagine how anxiety-ridden they are for people who are an extrovert. 
So with that said, can you give us a, a gold nugget for the listeners on how to how to connect and find and I know it has everything to do with the proximity principle. You have to be around those people that you want to meet. How do you how do you do that? How do you connect? And I, I know you talk about it in the book, but I just want from you, how do you connect with these people? Well, intentionally is the answer. But the way that you practically do it is you've got to look at your web of connections. We write about this, as you know, in the back section of the book, the practice is part of the book, but a web of connections. And so what happens is, is you begin to think about if you were, if I were going to ask every one of your listeners to draw out what they think a spider web looks like, we know how it works, right? We draw a circle and then we start doing all this nonsense and we have an idea of what a web looks like. Well, as you're drawing that spider web, you think about you in the center of that, of that web. And then as the web expands and kind of goes around, that's what your connections are actually like if you're intentional. So you've got your close personal network and then you've got your acquaintances and the acquaintances know people. So it's not about who you know, it's about who the people that you know know, right? It's kind of a fun way of saying that, but you think about it. Wait a second, who do I know? How many people do they know? That's the easier way to kind of get at this thing. You go, oh, okay, wait a second. Had a, ga- a gal call the show, uh, I want to say two days ago. And she said, Ken, I'm in a small town. I've been a stay at home mom, so I don't have a whole lot of friends. I'm in a small town. I just don't know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I said, let me ask you a question. How many, when you say you don't have many friends, how many friends do you have? She goes like eight or nine. I go, okay. How many people do you think those eight or nine ladies know? And she started laughing. She's like, oh, hundreds, I guess. I go, so you know a lot of people. Because <laughs> what happens is if you want to make the connection, you go to that personal network, that close, tight network, and then your acquaintances, ones that you have good relationship with. Maybe you know them from sitting on the bleachers at your kids' soccer practices or football or whatever. Maybe you know them from the gym. Maybe you know them from church. Maybe you know them from some social or civic club. You have acquaintances, people that you're not maybe going to dinner with, but when you see each other, it's very friendly. You know each other enough. And when you begin to tell those folks, hey, I'm looking to meet somebody that does coding because I think I want to get into coding but I need to get in proximity to somebody who's coding, talk to them, learn a little bit more about it. Do you know anybody who does coding? Well, um, yeah, actually, my husband's good friend does this. All of a sudden, you've got a connection, and you ask for somebody to make the connection for you. Hey, listen, uh, my uh, my wife's close girlfriend wants to get into coding. But see how this works? So now all of a sudden, it's not this difficult you know, impossible lottery pick type situation where you're trying to get in front of somebody. No, people are willing to help you, but it comes from a personal ask. And so we need to use the relationships we have to make the connections we need to make. And when we do that, we realize, A, it's not so scary. B, it's not so difficult. And is it C? Yeah, A, B, and C. That's right. One, two, or three. My brain is really fried after two hours of radio. So C is, hey, wait a second. This actually works. Because here's the power of proximity. When we're around people, the right people, we're going to get some really good insight and some practical knowledge. But we're also going to get other connections. So those right people are going to introduce us to other right people. And then they're going to show us, hey, these places, you probably should get in these places over here. And so then when we get a connection or relationship that gets us in the right place or around the right person, it yields more. It either helps us get in another right place or get around and meet another right person. And so this is momentum. 
And I think that's where the fear begins to dissipate for people when they realize, okay, this is not rocket science. This is just good old-fashioned hustle. Getting out. I love it. I love it. I love it. And you never know, like just asking someone a question or for an introduction or advice or something like that. You like most people don't want to say no when somebody's asking their advice. You know, people That's are really exactly. yeah, they're good, kind. Yeah, very good point there. Do you know what makes people feel valuable when they get showed value? So, mm-hmm. for instance, wait a second. You want to hear my point of view on something? Who doesn't want to give their opinion? I've not met a human being who isn't willing to give an opinion. My favorite example of this is when you see like a Jimmy Kimmel or somebody go out on the street. Jay Leno used to do it on The Tonight Show. You show up in New York with a microphone and a camera. There is no lack of people who go, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. And many times they don't even know what they're saying. They just want to say it. I love it. Oh, that's so cool. Well, Ken, thank you. We know you, you've got, you're short on time and we just appreciate you for, for stopping in on the Biz for Good show. I think there's some powerful, powerful tools, gold nuggets in the proximity principle that every person that's not just looking to start a company or anything, but just find their path and find their passion. Uh, thank you for being the the forefront of getting people to where they want to love what they do. Thank you so much. And can you give us, and I know we'll put links in the, in the show notes and everything because it's all in your book. Any, any last words from, from Ken Coleman? Yeah. I want people to know that we wrote this book and we named it the proximity principle uh, because we wanted people to get how simple and powerful this is for people and how practical it is to use. I would say this, if you figure this out, who are the people and the places that you need to be around and in when you do this. And the book, by the way, as you know, walks you on a clear path to the people and the places. And what's gonna happen is you're gonna get clarity on what it is and how you can get there. And that clarity leads to confidence so that you'll actually step out and do it. And that confidence leads to courage, which means you can stay on the path when life kind of throws the detours and the curveballs at you. And so I want people to understand that it, this book is so easy to read and it so is. simple to follow. The work itself is tough and it's going to take time, but this will demystify the path to your dream job. It really is doable. Proximity positions you where you need to be and propels you to where you want to be. So uh, it, it really is a proven and clear path. And uh and I would tell people to go get it, KenColeman.com, wherever books are sold. And I would also say this, if you're listening to this and you go, hey, I've actually used the proximity principle. I didn't know it was called that, but I did this. Uh, this is a great gift for someone who is starting, switching, or trying to advance in their career, as you know, Bobby. And uh, hey, make it a great gift because it, it is so powerful when somebody goes, oh, okay. It's not this grand mystery. It's not rocket science. It's no. pure, it's beautiful, and, and it's stuff that we know, but until it's right in front of our face, we don't right. use it. We don't think, oh my gosh, this is so, it, it, the, it, and we say it all the time, it's super simple, but it's not easy, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. That's the, right. I would say the two pieces, the big pieces I got out of your book is be near what you want and work your butt off, unfortunately. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> there is yeah. no shortcut. I mean, you've got ex- examples of people in the book that are taking three, four, five years of almost working for free to learn their vision of what they want to do and love and then go out to create. And be, so it's not a quick fix. No, but I will tell you this. I can say this, 
and all of those people that I reference in the book would tell you this and any successful man or woman would tell you that it is always worth it. Once you get to the destination, whatever the journey has thrown at you, whatever the timeline is, the hard work, all of it's worth it to do work you love. We all desire to wake up every morning with a purpose and we want to go to bed at night going, hey, even though today was really long and maybe it was really difficult, I'm still doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing because the work matters to me. The results matter to me. This is what people long for. Wow. I love it. I love Any it. Any last words, Chrisella? Well, I think that was a great way to end <laughs> you, it. <laughs> you, you rocked it. You blew our blew our minds just like we knew you would. Thank you so much, Ken, for being on the show and and keep standing up for being good and doing good. I mean, you're a, you're a, a a big example of that. We love what you're doing. We we thank you, thank you for being on the show, Ken. Well, I want to say thanks to you, Bobby and Priscilla. I appreciate what you guys are doing. You're doing good work. That really does matter. So thanks for having me. You bet. Awesome. Oh, so we're, uh, we're so this is the end of the show, Chrisella. You want to take us out? Be good, do good. Oh wait, you can explain it to him. Explain oh. us how how we're going to do it. So so yeah, this is this is Chrisella's first time. It is. It? Sorry, so guys. This is great. This is good. <laughs> we love it. We love it. So explain that uh, we're going to say hashtag be good, do good three times, and we're going to get louder each time. Okay. Of course, I just said it. Now, so <laughs> you can say it just to practice. Hashtag be good, do, do good. good. Hashtag be good, do good. Hashtag be good, do good. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Biz for Good Show podcast. We want to thank all our fans and guests on the show. Be sure to check us out on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For your hosts, Bobby Glenn James and Ryan Pilkington, this is Tim Jackson saying get out and do some good. Now go. Go.